0: you are listening to the next best picture podcast and this is daniel Howitt's
1: interview with the composer for avatar the way of water simon franklin i know one thing wherever we go
0: Simon, thank you so much for for taking time to talk with me. Been a big few weeks for Avatar. I think I checked this morning. I think it's the 7th biggest movie of all time and of course, still climbing, obviously. So, yeah, how, how's how's it been since release just kind of celebrating this uh
1: this incredible success. Uh I think the word, a single word I'd use is relief. I think I think I think it's this strange situation where you go into work, you know something is very special. You know, I I was because I would see scenes like like, for instance, when the kids first dive into the water and you go, and I, uh, you know, we don't get to see, you know, we gradually the renders come through so we see better and better qualities because we're working. But that was one of the early renders. We got to see that in 3D in maybe March. And it's astonishing. And you sit there just going. And I still felt that way when I saw the premiere, you know. And I think that for, and I that was what I, my hope was that, Given how I felt about it, I thought that I cannot be the only person who feels this way. Um, so I'm very, very pleased by the response. But really, I'm just relieved that the work actually has paid off.
0: Absolutely. Well, the obvious starting point for a conversation about this work is, is of course, the late James Horner. You two worked together for for years. Worked together on the first Avatar. Before he passed, had he started any you know any initial concepts for this second movie?
1: no not at all um he died in 2015 and i i was uh producing the score for the theme park at that point uh he'd written um uh, some work he'd done some work on the the ride which is called the navi river journey um but that was pretty well all he'd done on that and there'd been no discussion of us starting it we, we knew we were going to be doing them um but you know for instance my original uh, I was originally asked if I wanted to hold 2013 for Avatar 2, so <laughs> no, no, there was no work, and so when Jim asked me to look at the scripts in December 2017, uh, this was the first time anything was uh, you know, discussed musically.
0: Well, tell me about that process of when you first started to to really work on this project. What was it like using James's themes from the first film as a jumping off point, but also um, expanding upon it and, and building on it?
1: Well, that was an important part. Jim and I talked about this at length. The idea that this is a canon of films, you know, and therefore has to be a canon of themes. Um, and what he felt was that there was like one theme from Avatar 1 that really resonated with him, which is the one that we use. I use a lot um, for when, you know, like I'll use I, I use it as a leitmotif, you know, like maybe only a few seconds here or a clip. That, that, but it's the Jake and Neytiri flight. It's what we call the ICU theme. Um, and I use that um, for Jake and Neytiri. But I use it in a couple of ways. I use it. In the first uh, thing called date night where i use it in its most overt fashion but then i would use maybe like three seconds of it in some of the battles because it's it was something that worked really well in in some ways as to show the hero- heroism of the pair of them when they worked together um but apart from that what jim said to me was that he felt that the avatar one score hadn't been thematic enough now he didn't mean there weren't great themes and there were there's some fabulous themes in avatar one it's that there tended to be like a, a use of them once or here, you know, there would be something and you'd use it here and, but it wouldn't get repeated. And there was a lot of that. And he felt like there needed to be a more coherent structure, which is a more, I'll use the word light motif is like, but something where there were themes connected with people or places or rather than just general avatar vibe themes. Mm. Um, and so we talked about that, and that became a, the that was an important touchstone for me in terms of how I had to approach the score.
0: Yeah, and obviously themes for places is a huge thing. This this film takes place in a new part of the planet, a new world, essentially. You know, where did you kind of get started for developing the sound of the Mekaina people?
1: I had been responsible for the sound of the Omotikaya, should we say, the forest that sound of the glowing forest the gamelan, the percussion all of that was my area i did the stuff that was non-orchestral in avatar one and so i that was already something that i had in place um with avatar 2 it felt like the mechaina were we decided they were a i wish to use the word simpler tribe but they're um they're they they are yeah i think their their play you know the, the sea it provides a different sort of um place for them to work and to live and i remembered some of the work i've done with uh, nomadic tribes like for instance the mongolians i've worked with mongolians a lot and first of all there's this thing about longer notes uh they when you hear mongolians sing they sing across the steps and and i started to see this in some of the Polynesian singing that you see which I also that style I started using which is longer notes and a, a thing rather than this rather a tacky sound that of that we'd used in Avatar 1 vocally so the vocal sound had to change and I started looking uh I was in New Zealand so I was able to get a choir of South Pacific Island Polynesian singers together Now a choir, a group of those I think we end up with five who I thought were stupendous and that became my starting point for the vocal sound because Avatar has such a vocal approach to the, to, to the music that that, but I needed to evolve that from where we were with the aggressive edgy sound of A1. It needed to have the slightly small, pastoral, softer and more Polynesian sound for two. And then I made a choice to move all of the rhythm and all of those sort of percussive sounds and the sort of glowing thing the were gamelan bells and all this that became bamboo percussion and it became clay pots Uh, and i worked with a guy called chuck jonkey here in los angeles and i obviously assembled a whole load of stuff myself and we created a whole library of this sort of material and he made some unique instruments for me for this score
0: yeah i was going to ask about that i i heard that you made pandoran musical instruments for this is that right
1: yeah we've got some things now it's not all of these ended up in the, in fact none of them ended up in this film but they were meant to but i hope they're going to end up in three we actually had a situation where i was asked Well, they said you know obviously you've got a nine foot tall ten foot tall blue alien with three fingers and they're long fingers so why on earth would they play instruments that look like western instruments you know and i don't mean western instruments, but like earth instruments um and so I started thinking about this, and there were some particular scenes that are some that are in two and some in three, where I needed to design these things. And I realised that you know you looked at the physiology of the Na'vi, and I'd started designing instruments for them based on this, based on things I'd seen on Earth, and particular instruments. a, um, and so I would design them, I would draw them, and I would scope them out and then this is the, the so that was fine I think great okay brilliant then I give it to the props guy and he said well actually you know they give it to um to Dylan Cole who's the lead production designer so I give it to Dylan Cole, who then draws this exquisite beautiful version of this and then they hand it over to the props man who 3D prints the instrument and so we have 3D printed versions of all these Navi in- instruments that are completely unique. And I will be stealing them after Avatar 5. They're going on my wall. Are any of them functional? Like, Oh, yeah, you- yeah. No, no. That's the whole point. This is what we do on Avatar, right? When you see, for instance, the kids walking through the Metcalfe and you see there's Took. She's bouncing up and down on like a this sort of netting that they have going between the different uh different living areas that netting i saw them do four different versions in real in real time like in real world netting them with different knots and and then hanging them so that jim could see which of them looked and felt best and then having the actors do the bounce the bounce was there because took was doing that on real thing we do this is what we do in avatar you don't just make stuff up uh, he, jim doesn't use the word stuff but um it, it's uh everything has to have a reason and therefore my instruments had to be playable
0: wow with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere And did any of those sounds from those instruments oh, yeah, yeah. make it to the final?
1: Oh, yes, they did. And, and also, um, uh, and you will, I'm almost certain that you will see them in three because there's two particular scenes I'm thinking of where I, uh, unless the world like moves slightly, they're in there. Wow. Um, and, uh, but no, you did hear the samples because one of the things I did, I did take samples of these and you hear them um in places there um so yep wow
0: are they string instruments wind instruments both like what, what or something got, entirely different
1: uh there is um two stringed instruments there were there is one wind instrument no maybe two wind instruments and some percussion that we developed more like along the idea of um I worked on a, a, a variation of what a, there's a thing called an udu, and I worked on a thing with an udu and an ocarina. I created something where you could create, you could cut the holes in the udu, and by using the your fingers, you could effectively change the pitch of the udu by by. And if you have fingers that are this long. you can do more things anyway. So that was the sort of thing that's, the yes, it it got, it got, I got in the weeds.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating. Not just with the creation of new instruments, but, but with your score in general, what's your experimentation process look like? Are there, are there many times where you're kind of heading in one direction for a while and really building something out? And then you're like, ah, this isn't working. And you scrap the whole thing or, or do you really have a good vision of where you're going when you start?
1: I wrote the cue called Piacan eleven times before I showed it to Jim. Hmm. So because every time I go, yeah, this is great, and then I come back and go, nah. And and so on. And in that case, he said to me, he loved it on the first listen. He just went, This is right. Hmm. And but that took me eleven times of me throwing away things that were i thought were absolutely glorious that 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 um we were all sitting there going this is you know gaspingly brilliant and then i looked at it and went "Nah." and it, and it didn't and it was also the picture tells you whether you're doing work whether you're writing right um and then there are times obviously then jim says nah so for instance the um this darkness to light which is when jake and uh you know when the family is swimming out to the surface um there was a very specific brief from jim he said we have to have everybody crying in the cinema at this point and if we don't have them crying the whole way through we haven't done our job and um i did the first one and he said yeah it's good it's good it's good two weeks later nah and i did that the third one i came i said okay He came and listened to it, and within five seconds he was in tears because he's a really emotional guy, and he stayed in tears all the way to the end. And I said, "Okay, so," but he said, "Yeah, okay, kid." (laughs) This is in the movie. Um, It's um, uh, that, and so that is the the process is is iterative. I mean, I wrote and finished five hours of film score, and and what I mean is I actually have finished film school because part of this was also that we were suffering from running up against the clock and that meant that often i would record write and record things just because i had to get something done um and then we'd make changes and then i have to re-record it because the picture had been edited and therefore picture edits sometimes if you're lucky your piece of music that used to go abc now goes is now going CAB. Now CAB may not be as good. Mm. Therefore, sometimes you can edit it and get away with it, and sometimes you have to re-record.
0: And with a film like Avatar, there's—it's almost wall-to-wall music. Uh, there is very little breathing room. How do you find the right pacing there when there's when there's very few moments without any score underneath it?
1: He did give me six or seven minutes off. <laughs>
0: Well, that's generous.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) which is, which uh, I I, I, look at that as a blessing. No, um, there is close to three hours of score. And when you add the songs, that's, you know, it's pretty, as you said, it's pretty well wall to wall. I was lucky that I did my apprenticeships under James Horner, um, Howard Shaw, Alan Silvestri, John Barry. And so for years I've been working on this sort of stuff and if you take especially with James Horner and Alan Silvestri in particular their use of tempo is is essential to their writing um and I don't come from the school of the straight ostinato that just weighs across something that's never been the way that I work um because that's not the sort of scores I particularly enjoy um it tends to be for me i like the idea that the music is reflecting the picture and you have to reflect the tempo of the picture because that's that's the most important thing is that that, in fact that's the very first thing i do is i find my internal heart my internal beat where my where i feel like you know where i'm starting now and it may not be that i'm at the piano by the way it may be the also the enormous rainstorm that you're hearing in the background in case you're wondering there is a stupendous we've had five inches of rain yesterday and i don't know how many inches we will have today um so the first thing i do is find that internal heartbeat for the section um and then you work from there um and i like to write longer cues although jim i think in this case we we chopped them up a bit more than we did on a1 but i still provide things like the talcoon hunt my original version before the picture got edited was close to seven minutes as a single cue and uh, i like that idea of the evolution even of action cues whether they flow and they go from one place to another
0: Well, Simon, I know you've signed on for the sequels as well. They're already in various stages of production. Did you delve into those scripts while working on this one in order to to really inform uh, how some of these musical themes would evolve in future installments? Uh,
1: There was the very first thing he made me do was read all four scripts. So I read from two to five um, in December 2017 and early 2018. He said you need to know where the destination is for you to start and the very start says uh Neytiri sings the song called the very first paragraph and so i had to. That, so for me to understand the journey um for the characters and for everything else because a1 is really about discovering pandora and discovering jake and natiri and obviously quaritch You know, we're discovering, we're learning about the characters in the place. But from two onwards, we're now into story, into the character driven story that takes us on a journey for the family. And I think that shows that's a different thing. Um, So, yep, I've uh, already started working on stuff for three. Awesome.
0: Well, I can't wait to hear it. Um, do, you, do you mind sharing everything that happens in the next sequels uh, while you're here?
1: Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I, I'm sure that, they're, that, they're, that everybody will be completely happy with me. Perfect. You. Perfect.
0: Yeah. We'll talk offline. Yeah. <laughs> I loved your score. Love the film. Thanks so much for your work.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Daniel.
0: Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Daniel Howitt's interview with the composer for Avatar The Way of Water, Simon Franklin, here on the Next Best Picture podcast.